you're listening to the Monica Cade podcast, where we bring you stories and interviews that support you to find your voice and express yourself authentically. We welcome you into the private lives of some of the best thought leaders, creative minds, and entrepreneurs around. Hear them share actionable ways that you can become more aware and purposeful in creating your best life. You can find the show notes on our website, monicacade.com, or follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Monica Cade. But for now, let's dive into the show. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, Monica. Happy to be here. You've had a pretty interesting journey leading up to where you are now. I just thought maybe it would be fun to give the audience a quick overview on how you came to starting Adventurous Experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, honestly, I mean, it's, it's sort of an unusual story that started, you know, as many businesses do kind of started with my life in a completely different direction. I was uh, a journalist and a speechwriter for the government in Canada. And, um, you know, over a period of time, you never really had heard of, of coaching before, never had given a whole lot of thought to being an entrepreneur and uh, really was on the sort of nine to five ladder uh, I suppose, of success and climbing up to what I thought ambition was supposed to look like and, and the house and the car and the dog and the, the relationship and, and all the sort of materialistic and um, ambition sort of elements of life. And then essentially was confronted with some health stuff that I've shared with you, with you previously, uh, basically burning myself out, working too hard, um, not looking after myself and really pushing myself in an area where I, I really wasn't happy, but didn't really know what else was out there and really was sort of grasping at something different for my life. And, ended up essentially being forced to change my lifestyle, uh, due to getting really sick with rheumatoid arthritis and, and waking up every day, sort of almost unable to function essentially. And as a, a you know, mid twenties, uh, very ambitious young woman, I was really confronted with having to, um, change my life completely or basically risk going on disability and, and becoming much more ill and maybe not even really having, um, you know, any quality of life at all. So, so that's really was sort of the first turning point for me was just in seeing how unhappy I was. And, and even though I didn't know how to make a change, knowing that I had to do that. And, uh, that's the point at which I, I picked up all my stuff. I, I moved to Australia, ended the relationship, quit the job and, uh, and really started fresh, not really knowing, uh, what to do with myself. Took a year, uh, a year off to, to get my health back was really, really lucky to be able to, to go off all my medication and, and really reduce my stress. Cause I think we all underestimate sometimes just how much stress actually uh, impacts our wellbeing. Mm. And, um, yeah, then, you know, through a series of circumstances that were pretty coincidental, ended up working in the luxury travel industry, uh, traveling all over the world, taking clients to really cool destinations and, lecturing them on culture and politics and religion and, um, just really being able to start to have an impact on how it was that people saw their world so that when they got to go home, they could take, uh, you know, some of the amazing things that other people do in other countries and take them home and really reflect on their own lives. And I think, you know, from that point, my life, it was again, sort of a, it was like perfect life round two. You know, I, I had the, the job and, and the dream sort of life and the travel and, and all these opportunities that were amazing living in, 
essentially five-star hotels all over the world all year and um, just really having that feeling again like something was out of balance and and that there was more to my life mm-hmm. and more that was out there for me and um, you know enter sort of round two of, of a relationship that uh, the guy I was with was a coach and I discovered coaching but never never with the intention of being a coach and, um, you know, created a business with him around coaching where I was planning retreats and he was doing coaching. And with the breakdown of that relationship, really realizing how much I, as a woman had wrapped my identity, um, you know, inside of this relationship and and really outsourced and given a lot of my power, uh, to someone else. And so when that all, that whole vision kind of collapsed, I was really left, um, you know, kind of up shit creek without a paddle, so to speak, where <laughs> I was, I was like, you know, have this whole amazing vision I've developed and, um, and really didn't know how to move forward. I, I had stepped away from my, you know, dream job round two and, and was kind of, um, really in this place of not knowing how to move forward. And so I think that's, that's the place where my coaching journey really began. I, I realized you know, I have all these skills, master's degree in interpersonal communications. I have all this travel experience, all this experience working with um, really high-level CEOs and professionals from all around the world. And I really realized that I actually was a coach. And so I went back to school specifically for coaching psychology and, and to really dig my heels in and learn how I could be really powerful in supporting other women to, to never have to go through those, um, you know, sort of two rounds of misery, if you like, Mm -hmm. um, to really land at what it means to step into your own power as a woman, what it means to wake up every day with purpose and excitement, uh, to be able to, to really release that sort of almost existential angst that I know a lot of people wake up with every day feeling sort of like, Oh my gosh, what, what's the meaning of my life? What's my purpose here on the planet? Uh, what am I doing towards that every single day? And and how can I consistently grow and and live the lifestyle that I want to live? And in really creating that for myself, and seeing that I didn't have to have misery around three, I could actually have a really fantastic life full of travel and flexibility and freedom, uh, essentially working with, with people who really inspired me and doing something I love every day, um, really inspired me to want to share that with other women. And so, so that's really what I do now. You said that the coaching side of things wasn't that prevalent at the time. And obviously for me, I've seen over the years, you know, coaching has become such a huge part of our society and and kind of grown as a profession. When you decided to dive into this, did you have any reservations whatsoever and feel like, oh, there are other people doing this and or anything around that? Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of... um there's a lot of sort of story about coaches, if you know what I mean by that. There's a lot of conversation about what is coaching as a field? You know, how does it help people? Is it credible? What does it actually mean to be a good coach and, and provide good results for your clients? So I had, um, I think, I think it's a very pragmatic person as a, um, you know, somebody who was always, always wanted to keep, not that I wasn't an emotional person, but I, I always wanted to look really perfect and have everything together. Mm-hmm. And so for me, stepping into the coaching sphere was all a bit woo woo to me, to be honest, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of thought, you know, well, why am I going to, you know, sit on the phone and have a conversation and talk about my feelings? And, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was really that person who thought, well, what is talking going to do? Um, you know, why should I should just be taking action? Mm-hmm. 
And then as I, as I dug into it, I really realized that coaching is, you know, it's actually really a forward looking branch of psychology. So we, we hear about, you know, therapists and therapy and, and there's a lot of, you know, it's getting much better. There's still a lot of stigma about sort of speaking to someone about your feelings, but I really started to learn that both are so powerful and coaching is sort of a forward looking half of that element of psychology, you know, therapy looks at, at how did it go wrong? What happened in the past? And coaching really looks at, okay, that happened. And what is the story I'm carrying with me from that? And how do I want to actually move forward? So coaching really became for me, um, it became a place to create action and it became a really exciting way to, to just see that I was limiting everything in my life so much by the, be- the belief systems I had and the rules that I thought I had to live by. Uh, you know, and, and I really realized all my ideas about success, about being a woman, about, uh, what it meant to, um, to be an entrepreneur and to be a coach, all these stories were really holding me back. And the stories as well, I think about perfection and about vulnerability and about how honest I could be and still be accepted by other people. You know, these are all stories that were really limiting me and in my way. And, when I really saw the practical applications, when I saw it wasn't just sitting, talking to somebody who may or may know what they're talking, may not know what they're talking about. I just really saw the power of the mirror of coaching and the impact it had on me not to have a coach be an expert and tell me how to do my life and how to run my business, but really for that person to show me what I thought about myself mm-hmm. and how I was getting in my own way. So they really became a conduit for my relationship with myself. And that's, you know, really the, the powerful place of having breakthroughs for my clients in that same space, you know, whether they want to earn more money or create a, a better relationship or create a relationship period, whether they want to travel more and have freedom, it all begins with the rules that we make for ourselves, the expectations we set and how we do or don't live up to those. And when we can actually start a completely different conversation and, you know, instead of trying to fix the burnt out light bulb, we can actually go into a completely different room and choose a new light fixture and a totally new vision for how we want things to go. That's the real place where we can start to be successful and have the life that we really, really want. I like that analogy there that you used. And I also love that you, you said, you know, how the coach is there to almost reflect back to you your life because I think that is a huge point where I feel personally that a coach has credibility where they're not telling you how you should live your life or run your business but they can maybe reflect back to you things that you can't really see for yourself so I think that's awesome that that's the approach and the the viewpoint that you also have. Yeah. You know, Monica, I think that's one of the really big distinctions about coaching versus um, consulting, for example, that, you know, people come to a consultant, the consultant is the expert in that context. They're, they're coming there, they're sharing, um, you know, really what they think that you should do for your business. Mm -hmm. Whereas working with a coach, the coach is really saying, Hey, I don't actually know the answer and I don't need to know the answer. It's not my job to give you a result. It's my job to support you to create the result. And to create a shift that makes something completely, you know, that appeared to be completely impossible from the current way of thinking actually makes it possible by shifting the neural pathway and shifting the place that you're approaching it from. So it's really, it really becomes a long-term partnership uh, as opposed to somebody flying in to fix something for you. Uh, you know, we really operate on the, the assumption that 
we don't actually need fixing. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe just the, the current way of, of being the way of operating that we have in our lives, there's nothing wrong with it necessarily. It's just not delivering us the results that we want. What is it that drives you the most about the work that you do with your clients? You know, I think it's, uh, it's, it's really the partnership Mm -hmm. because I learn from my clients just as much as they learn from me. Mm. I've had times in my career where I have paused working with my own coach and just kind of wanted to let all the, the things I've learned settle in. And I notice in those times where I haven't been working with my own coach, I'm not able to serve my clients as powerfully as when I am working with my own coach, because it's a place for me to actually go, wow, I was in this conversation with my client and this happened, or they had that react, this reaction, or, you know, they wanted to pull out of the coaching relationship or this or that. And, and it's a place where I actually get to see what my capacity is and the, the places that I'm willing to push my edge, for example, my, dis- my own discomfort, my own vulnerability, it, it really creates a shift in someone else. So it's this real symbiosis. It's this, um, you know, and it's the same thing that shows up in romantic relationships. It's the same thing that shows up everywhere in our lives that the way that we are willing to, um, to relate to someone else and to relate to ourself completely changes the outcome. So it really ends up being who we're being while we're taking action versus, you know, the action that we're taking. Absolutely. And I think it's so important to just be aware of the reactions that we have you know I think a lot of the time I think when we don't work with someone or or don't work with someone whether it's a coach a mentor anybody and have those opportunities to see you know where we're maybe protecting ourselves or like shying away from being a little bit more truthful with ourselves and then if we're working with other people in whatever context, it's almost like we're not really being true with ourselves. So I, I totally agree with you in the sense that I think everyone can learn from each other and we all have something that we can teach one another. And it's just about, I think, going in with that approach and that mindset and not thinking that, oh, I'm higher than this person and they're below me because they're going through this right now. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a conversation about how we relate to people and how we relate to ourselves because we tend to vilify the things about others and the things about ourselves that are uncomfortable. You know, for example, if, if someone doesn't want to work with you or doesn't like the service you're providing for them, it's easy to get really defensive about that and to, um, to sort of shut down and be unwilling to move past that discomfort and to kind of just write that person off, you know, Oh, well they don't want to look at themselves or they're not brave enough to, to really explore what's going on for themselves or, or whatever the story is, you know, that's just an example. Mm -hmm. But if we're actually willing to be so radically honest with ourselves and to say like, Hey, I noticed I've actually made up this story about someone else. Um, which may or may not be true. Mm. And I'm stopping there in the relationship. There's kind of nowhere for it to go. Yeah. We've all had, I think in our business where we face an uncomfortable situation with a client or, um, you know, someone's not happy with our work or we're not happy with, with an element of the relationship. And we kind of just say, okay, that's it. I'm going to wash my hands of it. And when we're able to actually see that people are more than just their reactions, that these are sort of automatic survival ways of, of being, 
we're able to actually own it and say, Hey, I noticed I'm really triggered by the fact that, you know, you don't want to move forward with this or that you didn't like my idea or, you know, and I own that, that I'm responsible for that. Mm. And I'd like to invite you into a deeper conversation. If this, if we weren't actually talking about the fact that, you know, we're both triggered by each other in some way, what conversation would we actually be having right now? Do you think that there is a point where sometimes it is best to maybe walk away rather than have that conversation? I know when conflict arises, in a way it's good because it's getting the stuff out that may be happening between two people. And I'm not necessarily talking in a professional like coach setting, but even in our just social relationships. Do you think that sometimes it's better if we we're feeling some sort of a discomfort or something that just doesn't feel right in our gut to be around a certain person, do you think it's worth having the conversation or do you think there's also a point where you just say, no, I think that this relationship has served its point and I need to move on? Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a great point. I think, I think the very question itself operates under the premise that there's a right way to do anything. Mm-hmm. And there really isn't. It's really feeling into what would have the most impact for you and for the relationship. So, you know, it may be in a friendship, for example, it it may be that that person you're in conflict with really drags you down and and robs you of your energy. And, you know, you're actually, you really just want to cut ties with that person. And sometimes that's valuable. On the other hand, sometimes it's really valuable to go, wow, I noticed my pattern when things get really uncomfortable, when I'm faced with things I don't want to deal with, maybe I notice my pattern is to kind of shut that person out and just do that because that's the easy way out for me. Mm. And what would be possible if I actually faced that, if I connected with this person, not confrontationally, but just really honestly and vulnerably and said what it is that I feel, what might be possible from that? You know, that could completely change the connection and the energy and what's possible. And so it's really a matter of choosing, like, what's, what do I actually want from this? What is in it for me? Um, you know, is there something bigger than this conversation? You know, is there something bigger in it for me than just this one relationship? Like if I were actually able to have a breakthrough in how I related to people and how I related to people when they were irritating or they complained a lot, or, um, you know, they were always questioning me or pushing my boundaries. The bigger conversation is, hey, if I were actually able to shift something here with this person, what impact would that have in how I relate to everything and everyone in my life? So that's really the bigger conversation. Uh, We tend to get very insular and focused on like this exact situation. Mm. And I think that's one of the powers of coaching and in what I do in the Adventurous Experience program is people come in, uh, female entrepreneurs, creatives, professionals, women in transition come in often with one specific thing, one concern, one situation, one goal or focus. And the conversation really is bigger than that one thing. Mm. It's what's the pattern? What is the impact for you? If you were able to shift this and, and create evidence for yourself that you could do it differently next time or in a different situation, what would that really make possible for you? So that's, I think the bigger conversation there. Absolutely. I think a lot of the time we think that it's a particular problem. And then if we stop and really observe and, you know, take a step back, often it can, it, you can start to witness other little things that are interconnected and it's not necessarily always about the thing that you think it is. Oh, absolutely. And you know, it's that, 
sort of old adage of, of will this matter in five years from now? Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, some things seem so important in the moment and, and really the result isn't actually that important. It doesn't matter if, if necessarily, if we do resolve that conflict with someone, or if we do, um, create that shift in that particular relationship, the self-awareness we get about how we're showing up, who we're being in each moment is oftentimes significantly more important. And that's the thing that sticks with us over a period of time, as opposed to the result of a specific situation. Mm, Yes. I love that you said that. It's really about ourselves. I think, you know, I often, I often try to, you know, when a, a challenge or a situation arises in my own life, I may react sometimes and sometimes I may not react where it's, you know, have a huge reaction within myself, but then I always try to look at it objectively and see what is it that this person is playing a role to teach me, you know, what is it that I'm not looking at here and then bring the focus back to myself to be like, okay, well, how am I showing up right now? Am I shutting down or am I, you know, leaning into this to see what it's got to teach me? So I think it really is about how we show up and not so much always about the other person. Yeah. You know, honestly, I would say 99% of the time, most things don't have anything to do with the other yeah, person. I agree with you. <laughs> you know, I always think of it as the analogy of, um, you know, we have all heard the saying of rose colored glasses, right? Mm. And that love is blind as, as a really good example. <laughs> um, and, and we all wear different sets of glasses all day long, yeah. you know, we put on this, for example, we might put on a pair of glasses where we're judging people because we judge ourselves harshly. And when we're, we're judging ourselves, we're really viewing the world differently than if we didn't have that pair of glasses on. Mm. Um, you know, I've referred a couple of times to the perfection lens. Cause I think that's a really big one for female entrepreneurs, um, and women in general, when we have this pair of glasses on where we want everything to be perfect, um, you know, we get oftentimes really stuck in taking action. Mm. You know, I, I remember wearing that perfection pair of glasses, the first Facebook video I ever made. Oh my God, Monica, it took me two days to make this bloody thing. <laughs> like straightening all the pictures in the background. I was recording it a hundred times. There's no way I did it as live. Um, and I just wasted days on it and I still didn't like it at the end. <laughs> Um, but when I was able to take off that perfection set of glasses and see that it wasn't actually about perfection, it was actually about getting okay, uh, with the imperfection and how powerful I could be even as an imperfect being, uh, that's where the power is. So I think, I think it's really about noticing which pair of glasses we've got on. Mm. And when we have that awareness and we know which filter we're looking through, we can choose whether or not we want to keep looking through that lens. Mm. I can choose yeah. that. Uh, I love the glasses analogy. I think it's such a easy concept for anyone that's listening to, to really, it's a bit, a bit of fun too. You know, you can just imagine like what kind of, what glasses am I putting on with this relationship? What, what, what ones am I wearing when I show up here and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, maybe listeners take a moment to ponder and see what glasses you currently are wearing in different aspects of your life. 
Yeah. And you know, it's, it's funny. I've actually, um, not long ago done a specific exercise with one of my clients and, and she's got a couple of, a couple of kids and she wanted to spend some time with them, take some time away from her business over the, the holidays, over the spring break in the U S and, um, I actually gave her the practice to create these different pairs of glasses with her kids. Oh, that's so, so cool. <laughs> they got out the craft table and, um, you know, she had her, uh, like bitchy, judgy face glasses. She had her whiny crybaby glasses, all these different, like this perfection glasses, the coulda, shoulda, woulda, the self judgment, the guilt, like she had all these different fun, um, things that she created with the kids and then actually was able to bring some awareness to her kids through that too, of like, Hey, when you're grumpy or when you're having a temper tantrum or when you're, um, you know, upset that little Susie said this to you, which pair of glasses do you have on? And they can actually, you know, put them on and, um, you know, that's just kind of a fun example, but we, as big kids, we can do that too. Um, you know, metaphorically. Yeah. Amazing. Great exercise for anyone listening. That's got kids and even for yourself as well. I want to ask you, what's one of the greatest lessons that you learned through, you know, burning the candle at both ends and and having your health problems? Yeah. You know, there, there's that saying, I don't know exactly what it is, but you know, the gist of it, um, that when we're young, you know, we really sacrifice our health for our wealth. And then when we're old, um, we, we really would pay anything in the world to get our health back. Mm. And a lot of that is really, um, particularly women, Uh, we often feel like we have to do everything and be everything for everyone and often put ourselves, you know, whether you're a parent or not is irrelevant as women, we kind of, the majority of us tend to do that. It's, it's kind of a piece of our cultural puzzle. And so we often forget, especially as business owners, we often forget that we are our business. And when we are not able to, to be well and to look after ourselves, our business suffers because our state of being suffers. So we might be taking all the action in the world, but again, that who we're being while we're doing it, we're not being in our, um, you know, what I would call our essence. We're not, we're not existing in that magical place where we feel really in flow. We're actually kind of just surviving and getting through. And so slowing, it's what I would call slowing down to speed up. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I, how do I check in with myself? And I think, um, I think self-care is a really big buzzword right now. And, and self-care is kind of like aromatherapy sets and candles and yeah. take a bubble and buy yourself something on the credit card. Um, and that's really not what self-care is about at all. I mean, those things are great, but you know, looking after your well-being includes things like setting boundaries with other people. Like, Hey, sorry, I actually can't sit and listen to you complain for the next 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not being disrespectful, obviously I might not say it quite that way, um, but you know, saying that for yourself and saying, Hey, I really hear you frustrated. Um, and I want to be there for you and hold some space for you. So for the next five minutes or the next three minutes, like, would you just go no hold bar and just dump it all? (laughs) just get it out. Um, you know, that might be a boundary for you for self care. Um, it could be that your um, boundary is that, you know, you don't respond to client emails after seven o'clock and that's your self care. Mm. Um, you know, that you, and that you don't, um, set these expectations for yourself that you can't, can actually commit to it and still keep your state of being in a healthy place. So I think there's a whole bunch of different ways that self care looks and really sitting down and, and, and what I, create with my clients is a couple of things, an integrity list, um, and also a leadership checklist. So this is actually, you know, in all areas of my life, what would it look like to be in integrity with myself? Mm -hmm. So 
how do I want to wake up in the morning? What kind of food do I want to eat? What kind of clothes uh, will I wear? How will my energy be, my presence? Like when I'm at my best, what does that look like? And knowing that gives us a barometer to check in and actually feel it with our gut, like when we're out of sync with that. And then we can actually create this leadership checklist where we go, okay, well, how would I get back into balance? Hmm. How, what would it look like if I were in integrity with myself? What time would I be going to bed at? Uh, what boundaries would I be setting right now? What conversations would I, or wouldn't I be having with people who are close to me and in my, in my sphere? How will I protect myself in this and still be available to others? That's something really important, I think, to, to just check in with our well-being and, and see it as a bigger picture than just us, but also how we interact with our world and our success and our business. Mm. The beautiful thing about those questions as well is it really forces the individual to go within them and connect to themselves to find the answer. It's not like whether you're working with a coach on something like this or whether you're sitting there by yourself. It's, you know, it's, it's about you. It's not about what someone else thinks your life should look like. It's about working out what's the vision of my life and where do I feel the best doing what and dressing how and eating what. And sometimes it can seem quite straightforward for people, but I know for a lot of people, they often don't think about that, you know, as simple as what foods do I like to eat that make me feel good as opposed to the ones that I actually get a stomach ache after, for example, you know? So yeah, it's a beautiful exercise to do. Well, and I think, um, you know, as, as women, again, back to this sort of, um, outsourcing our power, which happens a lot for women, um, really trying to be perfect for other people, trying to be there for everybody. It often brings up a very large sense of should Mm. and obligation. And, you know, I talk to a lot of women every day who are beautiful in inside and out, who are intelligent, um, very capable. And yet, are so driven by what they feel like they should be doing for the people around them, um, for their partners, for their kids, for um, their employees, for their employers. And, um, you know, it's so important to know, separate of all of that, what do you need for yourself? Mm. You know, it's not to say that a lot of people go, oh, well, then that's selfish. Yeah. it's not to say it's it's an opportunity to be selfish and to always have that thing that you want, but when we know what we need for our integrity, we can still choose whether or not we want to break our own boundary and spend this long on the phone with that complaining person. We can still choose to do that, but it, it's it's knowing that we can choose is the powerful piece mm. as opposed to, to feeling obligated or like we have to do that thing we should do. Yeah, exactly. It's about making the conscious choices, which I think often especially as women, we can feel like, oh, but I have to do this. I don't have a choice around it. But the truth is we do always have a choice. And like you said, whether it's to stay true to those boundaries or break them on this particular occasion, being aware that you have a choice is the most powerful thing in itself. Yeah. And, and I think that really comes up also for people in terms of how they're living their lives. Uh, quite oftentimes people say, oh, well, I can't do this because I don't have the money to do that. Or I, I, I want to do this, but I can't do this because, you know, <clears throat> my family doesn't support it or this or that. And oftentimes it really does feel like we have no control mm. and it really does feel like our circumstance is driving us. But even in the times where we're not making a choice, we're still choosing. Mm-hmm. So maybe you quote unquote, can't take that vacation because your house broke you know, your mortgage poor, that's actually a choice. 
the choice is I've bought a house and I prioritize that over my travel experiences. Mm. It might be, oh, well, I can afford this. But probably that's because, you know, or for example, let me think of a really good example. Um, Staying at the job you don't like. That's a really big one for people. A lot of people feel that they don't have a choice and they have to stay doing something they don't like. They don't have to, but they're prioritizing the discomfort they're currently experiencing. In, In other words, the devil they know, the getting up every morning and doing something they're not passionate about. Um, they're choosing to stick with that over the discomfort of not knowing maybe when the next paycheck's going to come or, uh, you know, not being able to, to buy the shoes they like or to go out for lunch with their girlfriends three times a week or whatever it is, or, you know, to put their kids in this really great school. We still are choosing those things. Mm-hmm. And it may not feel like a great choice. It may, it may feel like our options are restricted. But when we step back and look at what our priorities are and know that we are choosing then we have the option to choose something different. Otherwise, we we just spend our whole lives feeling like a victim to our circumstance. I think this is this is such a powerful and deep conversation, and I think we could go on, you know, for oh, absolutely, a, yeah, we could totally go on. I am mindful of time, but maybe we should have you on again to continue the conversation, as I'm sure most of the listeners are probably like, oh yes, I feel like this. Yes, I resonate with this, and. But I suppose if you do feel that way, you can definitely check out Kate's website, which I'll include in the show notes and, and maybe have a conversation because I think, you know, if you're feeling somewhat inspired or resonating with the conversation that we are having, then there could be something in this for you. Thank you so much for joining me, Kate. Oh, my pleasure. And, and as you mentioned, I'm always happy to have a conversation. You know, if, if someone's just curious about coaching, wants to have an experience of it for themselves, is, is feeling stuck or stagnant or lost, I'm always happy to just get on the phone and chat and give you some of my time. Uh, other people have done that for me, and, and I always want to pass that, that support and gift along to, to other entrepreneurs. So reach out, and I'm, I'm really happy to chat with you. Amazing. Thank you again, and have a lovely afternoon. Wonderful. Thanks, Monica. Speak with you soon. Bye.